You even say this, and I wrote this even specifically in my phone, and you say, I'm pretty sure Jesus didn't have an RBF. No. And that's kind of the same thing you're kind of talking about when you're having these strongholds and these things that are, you know, you're not willing to move past just salvation. Yeah. You're not willing to get to that meat mm -hmm. of like what the character looks like, mm -hmm. and you're not willing to unravel and unpack the things that are holding you back from, yeah. from his character mm -hmm. and from his further glory and from his further anointing on your life and God actually mm -hmm. using you. Because like you're saying, if you have all those things and you're feeling that kind of way, who's going to want to talk to you yes, about Christ? Exactly right. Who's going to get like impressed that like, oh, Christ is working on that person mm -hmm. or I do see the fruit. Mm -hmm. And that's a big one. I feel like when you're having that moment of being able to, uh, you know, come off as the character of Christ, that shows the fruit on your life, which is attractive to people. It makes yeah. them say, hey, he's different. And the Bible mm -hmm. talks about that, you know, being different. Yeah. I mean, the Bible does say taste and see that the Lord is good. Mm -hmm. And we as believers aren't giving people much to taste and see. Yeah. We got foul mouths. We got foul facial expressions. We got foul communications. We're gossiping about our neighbor, complaining about our husband, fussing about our children, complaining about our finances, talking about our president. I mean, you you name it, and and it's like, man, we're not. All we're given is bitter, sour fruit for people to taste. And the Bible says, "Taste and see that the Lord is good." Wow. You got to ask yourself, man, what is the fruit that I'm putting off in my life? And are people around me going, man, I want to get me some more of that. Right. I want to hang out with her a little bit more. I don't know what it is about her, but there's something she's got that I want. That I love how I feel when I'm around her. That's how I feel when I'm with you. Yeah. Really, um, that's what genuinely. I want for people. I want them to walk away going, man, I feel encouraged. Like I want to go to coffee with you. Yeah. This hour wasn't long enough. Right. And that's the spirit. That's how it should be. We want to linger in the spirit. And when we become the carriers of that presence, people want to linger in our presence because they sense the presence of God on us and they want that. Because that's what we're designed for. How would you encourage people to get over that hump of, you know, breaking the chains of like all those things that you kind of talked about? Because mm -hmm. I even, you know, myself, I complain more than I should. I get grumpy. I sure. get angry. And I just, you know, find myself thinking like, you know, and, and you know, sometimes I, I get hard on myself in that mm -hmm. regard. And I, But I realize that like there is growth that, mm -hmm. that happens and takes mm -hmm. place. And like with the more you seek, the more he will reveal yeah. himself in you, yeah. you know, and to you. I, this is probably a different answer than I've ever given before, but it's what came to my mind. So Holy Spirit, you do it. Um, I, the first thing that came to my mind is, is we need to stop justifying our behaviors. And I think we live in a world that has explained, oh, you have depression. Let's go. Or, oh, you have you know, you're a type A person, even the Enneagram types sometimes will use those things. And I love the Enneagram. I love personality tests, those kinds of things. But when we allow them to become a justification for not changing, mm. now they have become our God. Idols. They have yeah. become what has impressed me and what is defining me. Right. Like if you allow your Enneagram type to define you more than Jesus defines you, then we're off, right? So I think the first thing to changing is recognizing I don't I don't have to live my life. I don't have to continuously have this thought. I don't have to be just okay. Oh, I'm all right. I'm all right. You know, I'm I'm doing all right. I'm making it. Right. Right? Like, come on, we can do better than that. Like, mm -hmm. I don't I understand. I live in the same country everybody else lives. I am a business owner and I am I am experiencing the same supply chain issues you are experiencing. But you know what? God is good. Right. And I am more than all right today. 
Do you think that's an attitude change? Is that is that something starting your day with God? Is it having God's truth on your heart for yeah, a long period of time? I, I what, think how do you get there? You know, so so let me go into the Greek word. Attitude is actually from the Greek word phreneo, which actually means an exercise of the mind and an affection of the heart. So the word attitude actually encompasses how I exercise my mind and how I cultivate the affections of my heart. So now I've, I have to get engaged in actively choosing to exercise my mind in the direction I want it to think. Your brain is a muscle. <laughs> so if you want it to start thinking new thoughts, it's going to take some intentional action, active thinking. That's why Philippians 4, 8 says, whatever is lovely, whatever is pure, whatever is praiseworthy, whatever is noble, to set your mind, to meditate upon these things. He's saying, look, you have to train your mind to think about these things. And then training the affection of our heart. You know, in the in the scripture, there's often no distinguishment between the head and the heart. Um, it's often just called uh, the guts of the believer, mm -hmm. um, which is where compassionate resides. Compassion is in the gut. It's in the in the loins of of Jesus, um, and so it's deep within you. It's in the core of who you are. And so I, I think it does start with going like I'm going to choose, and I want to be really in careful here because I'm not asking people to fake things, right? right. Because again, I know what it looks like. Mm -hmm. I know what it looks like to walk in joy, but at some point you have to go, gosh, am I just acting and playing? And can God do better than that in my life? Do I want him to do better than that? Have I settled for uh, the wilderness and I'm missing, I've been delivered from Egypt, but now I'm in the wilderness and I'm kind of good enough. I've learned how to manage my depression. I've learned how to manage my anger. I've learned how to manage my eating disabilities. I've learned how to manage my, my marriage, whatever it is. But at the end of the day, I go to bed exhausted from from mentally and emotionally managing my life. The Holy Spirit can and does do better than that. Mm. There is so much freedom in recognizing, dude, I, I am, but we have to have that acknowledgement first and stop justifying and go, you know what, man, I've been, I've been struggling with anger and bitterness towards this person. And I've just been mustering up the sweetness of the kingdom towards this person. But I have to first acknowledge and not justify why I'm angry and bitter at this person. I have to acknowledge, I think the spirit can do better. Yeah. I think I can do better. And so Holy Spirit, I'm going to come before you and I'm going to acknowledge that you are grace mm. and you are patience. It's not that you you are that you activate patience or that you uh, act patiently. It's that you are the essence of, and if you are in me, then I declare that your patience and your grace is in me. And right now I don't feel it and I don't think it, but I'm going to declare what I know. Right. I'm going to declare what is true, not what I feel and what I think, because I don't live by feel, feel and think. I shouldn't be living by feel and think. Mm -hmm. I should be living by faith. Yes. Do you feel that... You're, is that why you're kind of so, I feel, big into your previous books about affirmations and declarations mm -hmm. because you're kind of... You're That's how you activate these truths. Yeah. Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. And I think, you know, taking a look. So so I have some version devotionals. One came out yesterday. Um, and that's all they are. Thank you. That's all they are is really just taking a look at a scripture passage, taking a look at what can I declare out of this passage? What is true about God? And then looking in a mirror and saying, and what can I declare to myself? What is true about me? Yeah. Right? So I can feel depression, but it's not true that I am depressed. Mm. I am a child of the newborn king. Right. 
I carry the joy of the kingdom. Let's go, Jesus. Do I feel depression occasionally? Absolutely, I'm human, but I am not the essence of depression. You're not going to live in that. Uh, the feeler does not become the feeling, and the thinker does not become the thought. I wrote that. I, I wrote that down. I wrote that down. I wrote that down. That's somewhere in here. I wrote that down. <laughs> and I think so. When I tell people, and they're like, "Oh, my depression, my this, my that," and can I? And I will say, "Hey, can I give you just as a counselor? Can I give you one piece of empowerment? I don't want to give them counsel or advice. Can I get? Can I just give you? Can I just say one thing to empower you?" And of course, they usually are like, "Yeah, absolutely." And I was like, "You don't have to be one with any affliction that you have." Infirmity, you talk a lot about that too. It does not have to become who you are. So you can say, I struggle with depression, or sometimes I feel depression, but it doesn't have to become who you are. You get to say, depression, I feel you, I see you, I'm even experiencing you, but you are not of me. Like, and just creating that separation. And that's what the word of God, it divides asunder, separating between the soul and the spirit, mm-hmm. right? All of that affliction takes place in the soul and in the flesh. The spirit has no affliction. And so I get to step into the spirit and say, ooh, there's an affliction in my soul, but it's not of me because I'm a child of God. And I, I mean, that's what the psalmist was saying when he said, what's wrong with you, soul? What, what? What's up with you, oh, my soul? Why are you so down? Because, like, seriously, don't you remember? Recall the goodness of the Lord. Mm. See, he's stepping into the spirit. He's stepping into the glory. The attri- what is he saying? Recall the nature of God. Yes. Recall the glory of the Lord. And then he's speaking into his soul and saying, what is your problem? <laughs> seriously. Mm-hmm. Right. Remember that God is good. Remember the attributes of God. And if we're, re- if we're remembering that, then suddenly the soul begins to lift itself up. And so that's that's just where we start. I, I mean, there's a lot. I say there's a lot to it, but it really is very simple. Yeah. But the first thing we have to do is we have to acknowledge, A, that I need to change, and B, that I want to change. Um, and a lot of us have, we've had our personality for many years. I've had this personality for 49 years. Yeah. And so it would be very easy for me, like, well, that's just the way I am. It's kind of how I tick. 